God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. All right. We thank the Lord for this special opportunity that he has given to us. And I pray that by the time we are done, so much would have gone on with us. Amen. And I know that the Lord will do a lot for us. He will give us a lot of direction, a lot of insight, and he will also anoint us. Amen. Yes, he will anoint us. So for some time now, the focus has been on how we are vessels of God and how that the Lord seeks to dwell in us and how that man was made in all his levels to be God's dwelling place. And in the process, a lot has been said also of how we ought to present ourselves. Like Paul said, that we should present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So how that we may present ourselves, how that we ought to offer ourselves, how that whatever stands in the way, we ought to cooperate with God to help us deal with it. Amen? And then the Lord is showing us also that in this same process where we are supposed to be transformed, He is with us. So He is not just the God of the living, He is also the God of the dead. Hallelujah. So in that same vein, then the Lord with us in our attempt to position ourselves so that he may fill us, the Lord helps us every step of the way. Amen. And because of that, then we know that we cannot claim any glory. Like Paul said, who make thee to differ from the other? And what do you have that you did not receive? It means that whatever a man is, he received it. Hallelujah. And it is important that we understand it. That whatever good that is in you, you received it. Amen. Amen. I know that you would like to think highly of yourself, but it's a sign that there is a deficiency 
in your knowledge of God. Because anyone who has met God and God has worked on knows that it's not by might, neither is it by power, but by the Spirit of God. Amen. So that's what, by the grace of God, we'll be looking at. And at least for the next four days, we want to concentrate on what it means to be called by his name. You see, there are times that I sit down and I think, okay, I consider what will motivate a man or a woman to give himself to the Lord. What will motivate a man or a woman to give himself or herself to the Lord? What will motivate a man or a woman to cooperate with God in turning away from evils, especially considering the fact that the evils that he is in, he has also or she has also grown to love those evils. So what will motivate a man to want to turn away from such evils and to go through the rigorous process of transformation and the intensity of the struggle and all that the enemy would throw at us just because we want to hold on to the word of God. What will make a man be willing to go through such things in a serious way? Because like I told you, when God is trying to help us, he does not just seek to give us information. Our mind, as we have it, is not a simple mass. Even the lower mind is not just a simple mass that receives information and stores it. There are various aspects of the mind that responds to truth or responds to information. And for instance, if you want me to get up and go somewhere, like maybe you come and say, let's go to town. Okay, now what you have said is to tell me what I should do. But that information only goes to a certain part of my mind that is responsible for receiving instruction or direction. So what you have said goes to that place in my mind. But there is another aspect of my mind also that deals with the reason why I should go. Do you see so then if you come and tell me, let's go to town, and you do not add to it the reason why, like, okay, maybe when game was doing the sales, right? So oh, game, they are closing down, so they are selling their things cheap. So you come to me and say, let's go, let's go to the mall, and then let's buy some things. Now what you have done is that you have not just told me or given me a directive as to what I should do, you have also at the same time given me the reason why we should go. Now, that reason why we should go is important. If you just tell me, let's go, without that reason, I will not be motivated to go. But if you give me the reason and I like it, then I'll be motivated to go. Do you understand that? Uh -huh. So 
there's a part of your mind that is responsible for the reason why you should do whatever it is that you want to do. It's still an information. Every information and its purpose. Its purpose is to show you the reason why. There is an information that has the purpose of showing you how a thing is done. Do you see? So this is how you do it. But there's also an information that has the purpose of showing you why it must be done. Do you see? So if you hear how a thing must be done, but you don't hear why it must be done, do you see? You will not actually do it. Then there's a part of your mind to that deals with, is it possible for it to be done? So you must also have knowledge that satisfies the question whether it is possible for it to be done. So you see, that is also information. So if I'm giving you information that should make you move and do something, I must not just give you the information and move. I must show you why you must move, right? That's also part of the information. I must also show you that it is possible to move. Do you get it? Then I must also help you to know that as you are going, these are the challenges that you will face. So there's also an information that gives you an idea as to the challenges that you face and how to overcome those challenges. It means that I can show you that it's important to go, so give you the reason why you should go. But if I don't help you with knowledge as to how you may overcome the challenges along the way, even though you try to go, like the man that made his journey from Jerusalem to Jericho, you may fall amongst robbers and the robbers will deal with you and stop you so far as your journey is concerned. Please, does that make sense to you? So all of this is information. Do you see? And I know that these are just examples. That is why always you must be looking for information. And when you, you are receiving information, you should really pay attention. Some of you do the crack listen. Some of you say, oh, yeah, let's just get it into our memory and go and be somewhere. No. There's a lot more that is given, not just that do this, but your mind needs more. And when all those angles are covered, so for instance, some of you, you are trying to take a step, but you have not satisfied a requirement to your mind. You see, in your mind, there's a requirement that you have not satisfied that requirement. If you satisfied that requirement, you will find that, hey, you are really going to move. Do you understand that? Yes. If you satisfy that requirement, if you get that explanation, if you get that understanding, you will find that you can now move. So it is not only that you don't want to move, that is why you have not moved. Or it is not only that you don't want to get a certain result, that is why you have not obtained it. A lot of the times, it's also because you have not obtained some of the pieces of the puzzle that will help you get the results that you are looking for. Does that make sense? All right. Now, in this period, we want to talk about an important piece of the puzzle. I believe that it is central to everything. It is central to everything. And without it, even though we know that we are vessels, even though we know that the Lord wants to dwell in us, 
we will find that we know and yeah, but the level of application and the intensity of application that we must have in order to obtain the results that God wants us to obtain, it will not be there. See, the knowledge that God wants to dwell in you is not enough. Even though it's a special feeling that God wants to dwell in you, it is not enough. It is not enough to make you up and about and this is your focus. This is what is on your mind that God really wants to dwell in me. When you hear it, it's a powerful thing, but it is not enough. It is not enough. There is something inside your mind that also requires satisfaction. And without that satisfaction, just the knowledge that God wants to dwell in us and all these levels were made for God to dwell in will not be enough. Amen. Now, this knowledge is the knowledge of purpose. Hallelujah. My point is that we are going to talk a lot about purpose. Hallelujah. Because I realize that it seems to be everything. It seems to be everything. I personally realize that every attempt to be better, every attempt to get over whatever impediment there is, is tied to what I must actually do for the Lord. Hallelujah. It is tied to what I must do for the Lord. It means that if your mind is not set on the fact that you have been called onto a certain purpose, you lack motivation. Because think about it. Even in your job, if you are trying to do something, okay, and then you can't do it. That is when you go and learn so you can come and do it. If you are not trying to do anything, why will you learn? Like those of you in school, if you are not trying to become anything, you see that learning is not really, even though school is meant for learning, do you understand? Learning won't be part of your considerations. You'll find it an annoying requirement. Okay? And it is well, you are not trying to become anything. If you are trying to become something, that is when the impediments that are standing in your way, you feel the necessity to remove them. You understand that? Yeah. That's why you feel the necessity to remove them. That is when you understand what sin is. Because you say that sin destroys your vessel. Yet, but you will not know it if the vessel, you are not attempting to use the vessel for something. You will know that sin is what is standing in your way. For if I'm seeking the Lord to come and minister to you, do you know some of the things that I will find out? I will discover that I don't love you and I love myself. That's what I will discover. That's one of the things that I will discover. So let's say I've not made any journey with the Lord, but I know that I've been called to preach. And then I go to the Lord seeking that he will empower me to preach. I will discover that my heart is not really set on you. My heart is set on myself and probably how I will look in the process of preaching to you and what I will gain out of it. Do you get it? So the need 
to turn away from selfishness is presented to me in my attempt to actually stand and do what I believe the Lord has called me to do. And the agency with which I will approach working with the Lord to actually deliver me from what stands in the way will be linked to the need that I must satisfy. In other words, if I see myself coming before you and preaching to you all the time, do you understand that? And I see what you need and what will help you advance in what the Lord has called you to be. Do you understand? Do you think that then I'm going to sit somewhere and then wonder why I must turn away from evil? No. Do you understand that? Because I see you. I see what you need. And I also see that if I have not become what it is that is necessary for you, then it is because something is standing in the way. We are set to go. Other than that, I don't find any motivation. Where is the motivation? That the Lord will dwell in you if not to function in you. Where is the motivation? There's no motivation. It's just a nice feeling. And nice feelings like that, they go away. They go away after a while. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? So I realized that all this while, and I understand why at times some things I would take it personal. And it's because I settled a long time ago what I was going to be. Do you understand that? Yeah. But some of us have not settled what you are. Actually, most of us have not. In the way that we should, we have not. And that is our subject matter for the for this. Hallelujah. Because it is necessary. Other than that, I don't know what you will do. I've really considered this. What will you do? What's your motivation? Look, everything, me including even how I am in marriage, it is linked to what I've been called to be. <laughs> everything. You see, you misbehave towards your spouse because you don't understand. You don't understand. Hallelujah. You don't understand. So, my point is that without a strong sense of purpose, and when I say purpose, I'm talking about uses. And in this case, uses specific to you, which you are going to have to find out. I know that you would like to think that your profession you are doing now is that purpose. You understand that? But that is not it. Because I could also have a purpose as a pastor, a profession as a pastor, right? And then have it in a certain way, as a portfolio, right? I occupy that place. But that is not really it. There is a certain spiritual appreciation of what it is that you have been called to do. What you are doing in your profession, of course, will give you opportunity. But you are a man you are a woman sent from God. If God is sending a man, if God is sending a woman, what would that man or woman be? Do you see? You think about it. Then you will understand that it's not just about what you do for salary. Like the Bible said, there's a man sent from God. If God is sending a man, and that is the idea of God failing us. That's the idea. Because all this about being the vessels of God and how that God 
indwelling us is like the puppeteer, how he controls the puppet. What is it for? The puppeteer has an idea. He has something he wants to paint before an audience, right? So there's a purpose. He's trying to achieve something with the puppet. So the point is not that there are strings attached to the puppet from the puppeteer, and that's all. It's so that the puppeteer will move the puppet in a way that will actually do or bring about what the puppeteer is trying to achieve. Do you get it? You know what Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. He said, you are a chosen generation. It's a scripture that we know, right? A royal priesthood. All these are the powerful things. And this is what we must be. Do you see? What we must be. But in this same scripture is what we must do. Because these two things go hand in hand. What we must be and what we must do. What we must be is what our transformation is all about in terms of being transformed. But what we must do is the result or the effect of that transformation. And anyone that will commit himself or herself to transformation must have this end as the reason why he's giving himself for transformation. What we must do. That is the reason why you must give yourself for transformation. If I tell you that evils stand in the way, they stand in the way of what? What do they stand in the way of? What do they stand in the way of? They stand in the way of you becoming what you need to become so that you can do what you need to do. That is why evils stand in the way. If it's just about what you must become, you will not appreciate how evil is standing in your way. It's about also what you must do. Hallelujah. So let's see what Peter said. said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. That what should happen? That ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that ye should show forth. So there's a showing forth. Hallelujah. And it is his praises. Praises are the things that testify about God. In other words, we become the manifestation of the glory of God. That's what we become. The manifestation of the glory of God. When we say we should show forth the praises, it's not by, oh, so that people will say praise the Lord. No. It's a declaration as to who God is. Because if God has transformed a man and has been able to dwell inside that man, then that man must manifest God wherever he or she is. That manifestation of God becomes a telling of who God is. If men will be told about God, then men must be vessels or carriers or points of manifestations of God. That's the idea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the idea. So he says that, that you should show forth. So you know, as you are there, what will make you get up and pray? Except you are lacking something in the physical, right? If you even say you want anointing, what is it for? Do you see? What is it for? What is it for? So even though 
we know that to turn away from evils is actually a necessary step. That is not the first consideration. A man's first consideration is not that he should turn away from evil. You see, let me show you something. We know about ends, causes, and effects, right? So ends is the intention, okay? The cause is the means, and then the effect is the outcome of the end and then the cause. Do you understand that? Now, your transformation is a cause. Your regeneration is a cause. It's a cause. It should make you into something. What it should make you into is the product. But your regeneration itself is a cause. So if we want to place your regeneration in ends, causes and effects, we place it in the realm of causes. But what must be in the realm of ends? What must a man have in mind so that he will give himself to regeneration? What must a man have in mind so that he will understand that sin is his problem? What must a man have in mind so he will understand that he as he stands there is nothing? What will make you feel nothing? Except you are trying to do something that comes from God. Other than that, you are something. In this world, you go about, you go up and down. If you want to, don't you go and eat. There's the feeling that you are something. Even though you are not anything. But you have that feeling that you are something. What will make you think that you are nothing? There must be a consideration before. So even though a man must look at the evils in his heart and allow the Lord to help him or her deal with those evils, even though a man must give himself to learning and must do all those things that will result in the regeneration of the man, there is something that must precede this. There's something that must precede this. You see, and Paul, speaking in the book of Romans, he said an interesting thing. He said that those that he did for know, you see, it's an interesting thing. So you are thinking that God came and saw you and said, hey, your sin has changed. Do you get it? But Paul is arguing that God foreknew you. As what? Because that foreknowledge is not a knowledge in your sins. It's a knowledge as to the intent behind your being created. It's a knowledge as to the intent behind your being created. So those that he did foreknow, he also did what? So this predestination is according to the foreknowledge of God. What kind of knowledge did God have about you that made him predestinate you to be conformed to the image of the divine human? What knowledge is that? It's the knowledge of your vessel and what your unique vessel was made for. So to be conformed to Christ is because of a certain foreknowledge. Hallelujah. Now, that foreknowledge is in God, and you must also discover it for yourself because there's a place in your mind that this foreknowledge that God has had in his mind, that made him predestinate you, okay? There's a place in your mind that this foreknowledge must go and be. Otherwise, you will lack the motivation to apply yourself to the processes God wants to take you through. It's not only God that must know why you were made you also must know why you are made, why you were allowed to come into this earth, the unique vessel that you were made to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I know that even though we know that we are unique vessels, we don't really think that way of ourselves on a normal day. 
And that is something that I believe the Lord wants to change. Because it's behind everything. See, when you lack motivation for something, not that you don't want it. I think you can say something is good, right? You can say, oh, this is good. This is a powerful thing. But the energy with which you must approach the thing, you find that it is not there and you're a bit lackadaisical concerning it. It is because you don't know some things. Yes, you can diagnose your problem and say you are not serious. But if somebody is not serious, it means they don't know some things. Some kind of knowledge produces seriousness. Hallelujah. Yes. Some kind of knowledge produces seriousness. A certain level of awareness that God brings to a man will produce that. And a major knowledge that produces seriousness is that awareness that you have been made for something special. That there is a calling upon your life. And you don't need to be told by somebody who has looked into the spirit that there is a calling upon your life. That is not the case. For that question, you can easily answer it by the fact that you are here. Everything that is made is made for a purpose. It is not because it must have a purpose. It is because of the process of making. The process of making also follows ends, causes, and effects. Do you understand that? So if you were made through a process, there was a reason that motivated your making. It is not something that we say, oh, maybe, no, that's the case. So if you are here in your unique self, then there is a purpose to your being here. And there is a purpose also for eternity. Hallelujah. There is a purpose also for eternity. So it's not just here. Here is just the training for eternity. The major happening will be taking place after this life. There's a purpose. You, you have an eternal purpose. Hallelujah. And it is this one that you must believe. It is this one that you must accept. Because it plays a major role in whether you are going to give yourself totally to the preparation. Okay? It's like, if you don't want to become an athlete and would say go to the tracks and go and, go and run, at times you may go because everybody is going. But really, you think to yourself that to what end? It's like a student that is being taught things that they don't know what it is for. Do you get it? You will not like what you are being taught because you don't see the point as to why you are being taught it. But if you understand what you are going to be and what is being taught you is exactly like, for instance, I mean, when I discovered on campus that I was going into the ministry, it was very difficult for me to understand why I should apply my energy to the course that I was doing. Do you understand that? Why? Because I did not see a purpose in that. So eventually, you just move and you float inside and survive and finish. Do you understand that? But I had a lot of energy. If I look, majority of the books I read, I've read many books, majority of them I read them when I was on campus. At times I sit behind my PC trying to draw, then I, I stop and then I take a book and I read. You see, when I have a book to read, I'm so excited. When I have something to draw, I don't understand why I should do So you push the assignment to the, like, you see how 
you do it, but you won't do it at uh, you can't help it, but do it. And that's like the day or the night before submission, right? Then you get up and do something to represent something and then you move on, you see. But a lot of energy, I didn't need to even pray to God for energy and desire, do you see? I didn't know. God bless me with the desire to read a lot of things, no. That desire came because I understood some other thing. Please understand that. That commitment to stay with it, to do many things to make sure that I was equipped, at least at that time, to the best of my knowledge, I was equipped. That's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. You see, and it was because I had discovered that this is what I'm going to do. Amen. Now, it is not only the preacher that discovers what they must do with their lives. Every individual must discover what they must do with their lives. If you don't, you will lack motivation. You can do a lot of, you can fast, but you lack motivation. You find that you know you must do some things, but you don't have enough to rise up and do it in the way that you know you must do it. And it's because you don't know what your purpose is. When Jesus met the disciple, Peter and his brother Andrew, Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, says that, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me. See? That's the first point. Follow me, right? But there's a reason why they must follow him. And that is that what? And I will make you fishers of men. Hallelujah. So that's the idea. So if you say, follow me, why? You see, if God says, rise up, apply yourself. Every message is coming, turn away from evils. Apply yourself to God. Move with God. Or pray to all these things that you are hearing. Why? Why must you do it? Jesus says that, Follow me. The reason why you must follow me is that this will be the outcome. It means that if you don't like the outcome, then you will follow, right? But if you like the outcome, and the interesting thing about our callings, individual callings, is that we will like it. Hallelujah. Yes, we will like it. We will like it. It will be something that, even though we will see that, hey, hey, can I do it? But it goes with you. It's not something that it's against your setup. You will identify with it. You see? So if you follow me, this is what I'll make you into. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll not make you somebody that I just dwell in. I'll make you somebody that is a fisher of men. Like Paul said in Ephesians, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. You see, so we are formed, we are created. That's a regeneration process. But its purpose is the good works, which were what? Before ordained. So when were these good works ordained? If it is before me, that it is when you were being allowed to become a human being. Hallelujah. This was God's intention, which God had before ordained. So God had before ordained that I should become something. Do you understand that? And God had also before ordained that you also should become something. In God's universe, there is nothing that does not serve a use. And there is no human being that does not have a purpose. 
So as you're sitting there, there is a before-ordained purpose. Hallelujah. There is a before-ordained purpose, a purpose that was predetermined by God. A purpose that was predetermined by God. You, that you are sitting here, every one of us here, there is a purpose in God's mind that you must actually serve. There is a use. Listen to me. There is a use that you must serve. There is a use. According to God, you were made for something. Hallelujah. And all of this transformation, transformation, transformation thing is so that what God made you for, you will be able to be that thing and do that thing. Not just to be, but to do. Why do you think regeneration is necessary? We said this place is an intermediary ground, right? It's a preparation ground, right? For what? For what God ordained that we should be for the reason why he sent us here. If this is the training ground, then you have to determine what you are going to be. Then we send you to the training ground. Isn't that the case? If you are not going to be anything, what are we training you into? Every human being in this world is in training. For what? What was determined before they were brought here? What was determined before they were brought here? Men may conclude what you are and what you could be or what you could not be. But no man made another man. If you are here in this world and this is the intermediate ground, this is a transitioning ground, then it means that there is a purpose. If there was no purpose, you would not be sent here. And that purpose is eternal. You will begin it here and you continue it after here. It's an eternal purpose. Hallelujah. The summary of it is that you may express God. Like Peter said, you may show forth the praises, but in your unique vessel. Hallelujah. You were allowed to be a human being because there's a purpose for your life. I don't want you to make it a general thing. Oh, okay, we'll try and do a few good things. No, there is a purpose. You know the angels in heaven? Every angel serves a purpose. And that is why the angels, there is L at the end of their names. Because they derive their being from God and therefore God functions in them in a certain way. That is the point of being an angel. An angel is somebody that is a messenger of God. An angel is somebody that God is expressed through. But not all angels are the same. Everyone is different. So depending on what God wants to express, there are angels that will express one thing and another angel that will express another thing. Even in similar angels, they still express variety. Hallelujah. And when I say express, I mean do, do. There are things that they do. Every angel has work. Hallelujah. And that work is not like the earthly work where you have to do something for your survival. No, it's a work according to how you were made. And that is what we have been called to actually discover and to let us serve as motivation as to why we must give ourselves to God and turn ourselves away from hell. It's because there is something that we have been called to be in God. In Ezekiel chapter 37, 
concerning the dry bones in the valley. The bones were in the valley as dry bones. But you know what happened? When they came out and then they stood and the flesh came upon them, the Bible said they became an exceeding great army. So the individuals that were the bones, they were actually an army. So you look at it, why then do you think the Lord made the prophet prophesy? Why did the prophesy tell the bones that you are going to rise up and this is going to happen to you? And why did the Spirit of God come in? Why? It is so that they will become that exceeding great army that they were meant to be. Hallelujah. Because that's what we find at the end. They became, so all the effort was so that they will stand as the army that they were supposed to be. Not so that they will rest and say that, ah, I used to be a dry bone, but I'm no more dry bones. No. It's so that they will become an army. The host of the Lord. The Israelites, the Bible called them the army of God. The hosts. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? So they were supposed to be an army. And that's why their effort was put into bringing them back to life. So that they will stand as the army. It means that whilst they were dry bones, it was not just that they were in a very bad state. It meant also that the purposes of God suffered with it. The kind of expression that God was looking for with them could not be achieved. God's intentions suffered because they had become dry bones. So God raising them up was so that they could fulfill the reason why God made them. And that is to be an army. An exceeding great army. I don't see how it is possible for you to obey God and do all the things that God wants you to do in order to be transformed and to do it well and consistently, except you understand that it relates to your calling. It then means that the fact that you have a calling should be something that you are thinking about. It should be something that you are considering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It should be something that you are considering. It means then that if you were made into a unique vessel, like you, Maka, if you are made into a unique vessel, okay, and then you don't give yourself to training, that your unique vessel, what is it for? Okay, we say heaven is a place of mutual service and happiness from that service. It means that if I'm in heaven and I'm supposed to live there, I must have something to offer from the Lord. I must have something to offer. Now, who do I offer it to? Do you see? Who do I offer it to? I offer it to the, my fellow citizens in heaven. If another citizen then has something to offer, who does he offer it to? He offers it to we, those that are within them. Do you understand that? It means then that if God has made you into a vessel and you don't then give yourself to be prepared as a vessel, we suffer because you are unable to give us what God wants to give us through you. Do you see? Now, we also find that the fact that we are together is not random. By now, you should realize that 
there's some divine orchestration that has brought us together. Do you understand that? That has made our paths cross and all that. So if then we dwell side by side, do you know what it means to dwell side by side in a battle? You see, if we dwell side by side, then what you offer or what you were meant to offer is so crucial for our corporate advancement. It's so crucial. It's so crucial. I know you want to tell yourself there's not. No, don't look at how sin or evil has made you. That's not what we look at to believe. If the dry bones saw themselves as dry bones in the, in the, do you think they will believe that they are an exceeding great army? There's no way. Who will believe? Who will believe? So you don't look at yourself as to how you are weak and no. You have to look at yourself that you are here. Do you understand that? Like, you are human. Are you a human being? That's all. Now, then you understand that there is a purpose you must serve. Do you understand that? There's a purpose you must serve. If you look for that purpose, it will be the motivation that will lead you on the path of transformation. And then that you'll be walking about. So, if you can offer what God made you for, we will all benefit. Do you see? Your world will benefit. The people around you will benefit. Right? It means then that if you don't offer what you need to also offer, then we will suffer. Do you see? Have you met a problem that you felt with some extra training, you could have actually solved it. But you are not also well equipped to solve it. And because of that, there's suffering. You see, for me, that's one of my major motivations. Because I see you. At times I predict what will be happening in the future, the future problems. And I must give myself to be competent for that. Because when it happens, I will have to be the one to help you find solutions to it. Not just your present problems, even your future ones. Please, you understand that? Because there's a role that a pastor must play. And I must be equipped to play that role. Otherwise, you will suffer because there's no one to play that role. In the same way, you also have a role to play. You have been called for something. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have been called for something. And whatever God has called you for, you are going to require faith to do it. Faith is in the realm of causes. If your vessel must be occupied by God, then it means that now God is going to act through your vessel. From where? The place of intent, which is desire, love, isn't it? From that place, where do we go to? The place of means or causes, which is the place of wisdom. And that's where faith dwells. You are going to require faith. So you will find that when you discover what really you feel God is trying to make you into, you will see you lack the faith to do it. Because if you had the faith to do it, you would do it, right? But you lack the faith. And that is the sign that consecration must happen. Because then you are looking for the faith to do what God wants you to do. 
what God has called you to do. The thing that you don't need faith to do, that's earthly things. When God has called you, you will still act in this world. You still do steps. You will still engage. But it's going to require faith because the result God would want to bring, it is different from what a natural human being will bring. And you will need to move in such a way that God is with you. You need to move in such a way that God is with you. Because that is the only way by which the purposes that God has in mind will be accomplished. So you find that you are going to require faith to do that. But the question is, where is the faith? Do you see? Then you know that work needs to be done. Work needs to be done. Some people believe that, no, if you didn't have anything to do for God, would you still not repent? Yes. I don't know why I would want to repent if there's nothing to do for God. How will I know that things are standing in my way? How will I know? I'm not trying to do anything for God. I'm not trying to live any way for God. I'm not trying to represent God in any way. How will I know what is standing in my way? It's when I want to rise and I say, no, hey, I can't rise. Then I say, no, if I can't rise and God's intention is to operate through me, then what is stopping God from functioning through me? Then I say, there's a problem. So we go looking for it. So let me explain something to you. Those who discover their purposes, they move faster in their transformation or they move in their transformation. Those that don't discover their purpose don't undergo transformation. It's like they are around the same place. They hear the same messages, but you find that you are not moving. And it's because you are not trying to become anything. Or what you are trying to become is not what God says you should become. So you are trying to make something out of yourself in this world alone. Why will you pick the scriptures to read? So you also be able to say some. If there's no purpose attached, that will be the thing. So you also be able to say some. Why will you listen to the messages? So you'll be able to say you listened. No. We listen, we do all the things we do. We pray because we are looking to actually live in a certain way for God. Operate in a certain way for God. Hallelujah. And it's important. This is a church. You must begin to look for what it is that you are doing here. I'm not saying here as in location, here as world. If we ask more here, then what? What God had in mind, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among what? Many brethren. Then the changes will begin to happen. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. You see, so there's the foreknowledge, there's a predestination, there's a calling. Them that he also called, then what did he do? Just what is the justification for? So that God can now operate through you, isn't it? Yeah. And then after the justice, ah, is there. Them that he also did justify, what did he do? What is glorification? The manifestation of God through you. And yes, I mean, <laughs> no. Is God being manifestly declared through you? You expressing God according to your unique vessel. Hallelujah. Yes, I know that it's not written somewhere that you have to go and open and look at it and say, this is my calling. So you have to find it, right? And we'll have time to look at a few things. Hallelujah. But you have to 
think this way, that there is something or some things you have been called to do. There are uses you have been called to perform. Hallelujah. There are things you have been called to do. And that is the reason why consecration becomes important. Otherwise, we don't have time. We have excuses as to why we cannot do what we need to do in order for God to be expressed through us. What we have will be excuses. There's a purpose for everyone. Hallelujah. Yes. There's a purpose for everyone. You may not know it, but it doesn't change that fact that there's a purpose for you. Then he might have made you into something. But the good thing is that God doesn't meet you after the enemy. Do you see? So God will look at you and say, ah, I have no purpose for you. Because the way the enemy has made you, yeah. No. God is with you before the enemy comes to try and spoil you. You see, it's in this context that Paul made the point that the gift and callings of God are without repentance. It's not that if God is operating through in a certain way, he cannot be withheld. He has to always operate. That No. It's God's foreknowledge. It's God's intention towards people. It doesn't change. Do you understand that? It doesn't change. What God had in mind for you to be born, it doesn't change. Even if you go to hell, it doesn't change. You'll forever be that person that, you see, but it doesn't change. It doesn't change. I know. I know that some of us don't believe. That's why I'm also talking. It doesn't change. And this period, by the grace of God, whatever will have to be done for you to believe so that you rise and begin to approach life in a certain way. Because other than that, life is too much of a jungle Right? What will you do if you don't know what you have been called to be in life? So if you take certain opportunities, it's a limitation that you place upon your neck. You get it. And it's because you don't know what you've been called to be. Do you understand that? Some of you are in preparation, but you don't know because you don't have money. Do you see? So as you don't have money, you are going to move based on money. Meanwhile, according to God's plan for you, you should actually keep cool because something else is taking place. Every one of us, every one of us, that's a beautiful thing. So imagine if we could find our place, right? What that could mean. But the thing about the purpose is that it's also not placed before you at a go. Do you see? It's not like I've called you to be the president of Ghana. Do you see? Maybe that's or I've called you to be the bank manager of a... <laughs> you get it? Or a business tycoon owning several businesses. That's your calling. No. That's not necessarily the point. Because the calling of God is always related to something. So there are levels in the calling, and everybody has all the levels. So there's a level of your calling that relates to the souls of men. And then there's a level of your calling that relates to the general welfare of men. If you go for the general welfare of men first, you will likely miss the souls of men. If you go for the souls of men first, you are going to, through that same path, be able to help the general welfare of men.
but we we'll have time for that. So your calling is now, I've been called to be the next uh, flag bearer. <laughs> no. I remember the first thing that God told me about my calling was that I've been called to be a teacher, do you see? So for me, that's my first place, do you see, to teach. No, my, the primary place, eh, it's almost like you can be there with little anointing. This is like, there's something there that if you are doing it, like you do, it's easy. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So that's what God told me. So I gave myself for that. Okay? Yeah. I gave myself for that. When he even told me I was going to be a teacher, I didn't even know I was going to be a pastor. But I didn't want to be a pastor, do you see, in my head. I wanted to be an itinerant minister. Do you know an itinerant minister? When you have your church, you come here, I come and preach. I'll be in my house. I come and preach. Like, so I'll go different places, go to different places and preach. Do you see? Uh-huh. But not to establish a church. It wasn't part of my destiny. But it kept unfolding. And that's the thing about purpose. You get it little by little. Hallelujah. You get it little by little. You get it little by little. And as you progress in it, more will be unfolding. But you will find that you are actually on a certain path. You discover it. You discover it. So at that time, all that I did was to prepare myself to be a teacher. Do you see? That's a teacher of the word. That's what I'm talking about, a teacher of the word. Not a school teacher, a teacher of the word. Okay. But also, I believe that you see those professions that if it were not anything and there's no honor of men, anything, and all of us are paid the same, you see, that profession that you would do, do you see that profession? Me, my own is to teach. So, like, if I were to go according to my natural inclination, I wouldn't have become an architect. I'd have become a teacher. Do you see? Like to teach, to teach, to teach. Do you see? And I'm saying this for a reason. Because there's a very close relationship between some of the professions you have in the natural world, okay, and the spiritual professions. There's a very close link to it. It's actually one of the things that you can look at to not bring the total conviction, but at least as a pointer, as a pointer as to what you may be called for, okay? But it really helps. So I would have been a teacher straight because it's very, very easy for me to teach, you see, even to teach things, to teach. Hallelujah. Those is when we're serious students, we're the ones that we came to teach the class. Do you see? When exams is coming, come and teach, come and explain, come and do those things. That's when we're serious students. Do you see? But I realized that as God said, I should be a teacher of the word. I started learning and preparing and trying to understand what that meant. Do you get it? Now, since that time, many things have been said. Many things have come to give me more clarity as even concerning the teaching itself to be able to appreciate it well 
and to understand the kind of teacher that I am. Because even the teaching, there are different kinds of teachers. Hallelujah. There are different kinds of teachers. And all of them are necessary. So I, I, I tell the pastors that when we give you the opportunity to come and teach here, don't come and be me. Do you understand that? Yeah. Because I don't know what that is for. I'm already here. Do you understand that? Yeah, am I not here? And I said, you come and preach. If I wanted me, I would have done it myself, right? I don't want me. Hallelujah. Please, you understand that? Yeah. And that's the thing about not knowing your purpose. You easily want to become somebody that has known his own when you don't know yours. You, see, like you, you lack self-esteem. You lack self-esteem. So you want to turn into something else. Meanwhile, what you were made for is also so powerful that if you were to stand in it and maximize... You see, you think that, okay, to be a preacher is powerful. No. It's the one that maximizes the office. The other side. Yeah. So you could also be a preacher and not know anything and just preach nonsense. Have you heard preachers before? You get, uh -huh. So it's not just, oh, you're a preacher. No. It requires something. So you, to what you think you are, if you maximize it, it's a big deal for all of us to actually benefit from. But that's not my point today. My point is to just let you know that without appreciating that there is a calling that you must fulfill. There is a charge. When you're conceived in your mother's womb, you came with a charge. You see, without appreciating that, not even knowing the details of it, just the appreciation that you are here for something. Without it, you will not see why you should go through the processes of transformation. You see evil, you try to get away from it, but the strength and the motivation to keep fighting the evil to the last point, it is going to come from the uses you will serve after the fight. And that is why to know your purpose is part of the graces that God gives you. See, my aim is to get us to begin to see God, but you may wonder if God will let you know. Do you see? I'm also telling that according to the way we operate as human beings, if we don't know, we can't actually do well what God said we should do in terms of being transformed. Do you understand that? So God will have to give you something. And actually, he gives you small, small. He will have to give you something as to what it is that you have been called for. That sense of calling. God will have to give you something in that regard because you need that to actually serve as motivation to go through the process of transformation. Because anyone that is going through a process should be thinking of what is at the end. And what is at the end is that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. What is at the end is the good works which were before ordained. Before ordained that we should walk in them. That's what is at the end. So at the beginning stage, this is what we should be thinking about. So God must give us something. God must give us something. God must give us something. So that then there will be a reason for us to 
give ourselves for transformation. Because then we see clearly that the purposes of God will be suffering with us if we do not cooperate with him for us to be transformed. That gives you a lot of energy. I pray that in this period, there will be a special grace released so that we will begin to have a sense of calling. All of it may not come to you, but you begin from somewhere. It may not come to you immediately, but you begin from somewhere and to build up. I pray that we will have that sense of calling. Because, you see, again, value, okay, value. You can't get up and find that you are of value. Do you understand that? It is tied to calling. Because what is important is what God wants to do. The vessel is as important as the thing that it contains. So if you are meant to express something in God, that is where you derive your value from. That's when you become a vessel of honor, when you are for the honorable use, right? Yeah. So even value is related to purpose. It's related to purpose. And I pray that in this season, there will be that strong awareness. There will be that strong awareness. There will be the beginning of a consciousness that there is a purpose for which you are here. That you are not just an unknown entity, one that is not accounted for in the mind of God, just lost in the pool or in the sea of people without a personal recognition from God that this person also I know this person I know, this person is here and I look to him in a unique way because I need him for what it is that I created him for. I say, you are here. So you can't begin to doubt what I'm saying. You are here. If you are here, there is a reason. And God is looking at you for that reason. That is the reason why his eyes are upon you. Otherwise, his eyes are upon you. So if you lose that sense of identity and you think you are for nothing, how can you even believe that God wants a relationship with you? You can't believe that. Because what is it? Then you look at yourself and you say, God doesn't even want to get close to you. But if you know that you are for a purpose, then it means that even if you are dirty and God is the one that made you for that purpose, he is still trying to get close to you, to clean you up. God, you see, God, eh, when he has decided something, that's all that he's trying to do all the time. Relentless effort to fulfill that which he has determined. That's what he's doing all the time. That's what he's doing all the time. See, that's what he's doing all the time. So even if you are off, you are dirty, you are this, God is trying because you are for something. In his kingdom, you are for something. In his kingdom, it is not when we apply ourselves to God and he changes us, then he finds something for us to do. No. He gave us something to come and do as we are allowed to become human beings. So there is a slot. He said that was before ordained. Not when you said that God should transform you, then he found something for you. So there's a slot 
in God's system made for you. Hallelujah. If you find that slot, it will make you happy eternally. You see? To make you happy eternally. That slot is there. It's there. And I pray that we we'll have that sense, that strong feeling, that there is something that we are for. And not just to be walking around, walking around till we die. You see, we are for something. We are for something. We may not know all of it. Like me, I don't even think I know everything I'm for. It's something that I'm discovering. One day God sent someone to tell me, not physically in a dream, that he's going to teach me two things. Do you see? <laughs> That's what I'm learning now. Do you see? And I say, wow. Do you see? Now, do you know what I've been doing for the past like one week? I've been lamenting about those two things. That where is it? Like I want to go. Not that I don't know those things. I was told those things, right? But when you are told, it doesn't mean you can do it. You need the faith to do it. And that's what God is trying to work out, do you see? But in God working it out, it will mean that my transformation is also involved. So at times your transformation is project-based. Do you see, God is trying to bring something out of you in this season, and it will be connected to your transformation. Please you understand. It will be connected to your transformation, your evil. God will deal with a bit of your selfishness so that something good can come, and you begin to bear that fruit for a while. Right? Albeit it's sharp, right? But it's still powerful. We need shrubs. Amen. God didn't just make big trees. Shrubs are also necessary. Do you see? So even though you feel like shrubs are not as they should be, it's powerful. It's in God. Do you see? Uh-huh. You see? Then we give more. Then he wants to bring something greater out of you. So he will help you deal with some of the evils. Then you would even discover that you have not finished with the selfishness which you thought <laughs> you were done with, right? So if you tell a God that's really made me humble, we know that you are not. You, are, you don't say it. You don't say it. You see, like people say, Lord, we humbly come to you. You see, when you talk of your humility, <laughs> somebody said, I'm proud of my humility. You see? <laughs> you see? When you talk of your humility too much, not, not even too much, when you talk of it, God will come again one day to help you further because it's not, do you understand that? Uh-huh. So, but at times where you are, you'll be talking about it. Where you really feel like a great change has happened and say, God has really made me humble. Do you get it? But God will come again. But to help you bring out some powerful use. Like for me, look, you know when I started preaching, when I was on campus, do you see? So from fourth year, okay. Actually, from fourth year, I was campus press secretary for two consecutive years, okay. Look, every Tuesday, I was holding the microphone, except some odd days when school was in session. Like, I'm back to back, back to back, back to back. Do you see? But see, those times, maybe I look at myself then, and say, why did I even talk? Do you understand? But wait. But wait, God had done some things in me. Do you see? God had done some things in me then. But he has done more things in me. You get it? Yeah. 
So greater things are going to come out. And if I continue with him, the uses will even be more refined. Is that not the case? That is how it is for everyone. You also start from somewhere. All your efforts should be to give off certain uses that God has called you to give off. And if you allow yourself, God will burden you with what you must become. Hallelujah. Because I don't know how you can move if you are not burdened with what you must become. Why will you turn away from evils? Well, we are looking for faith to become what God has called us to become. Do you see? Like, see, I'm going to pray for you, right? Have you tried to pray for somebody? Who has tried to pray for somebody before? Put up if you have tried it. Okay. Who has prayed for somebody in public before? Wow. How is the public one like? <laughs> Especially if like, you are the main person, you are praying for the person. How is that one like? If God could really just give us a forensic this thing, you realize that maybe if you pray for 30 people, only one person be that you really blessed. The rest, nothing. And it's because of the honor of men. You can't survive it. Do you see? So if I'm also then, then I'm thinking that, hey, how can I successfully lay hands on people when everybody is watching me? Work must be done, right? So this is reason to deal with love for the honor of men and to not fear what men will think. Other than that, my mind will be drawn to who is watching and what is happening and my own reputation in the matter. Do you see? That's one reason why somebody will not pray for the sick. What if they don't get it? Do you see? What if they don't get it? If you could just pray quietly and hide, maybe you'll do it. But what if they don't get it? But is it your reputation that is at stake? If somebody doesn't get healed, it's either we couldn't channel God well or the person was not in the position to receive God. That's all. So are we permanent custodians of God's power? No, no. You see, think about it. Think about it. Because if there's something you must permanently have and you don't have it, then it's a dent on your reputation. You understand that? But if there's something you must channel, then we can work on it and channel tomorrow. You understand that? Yeah. We move. But see, if you can't deal with something like this, you will not be able to rise and pray for somebody that is sick. And I, yeah. When I was young, one of the sports I used to play, table tennis, I quickly learned that you can't be somebody that panics and play table tennis. Like you can panic and play the big one, was it? Lawn tennis. Yeah, you can panic and do that. Because the margin of error is manageable. But table tennis is a small table tennis board. Do you understand that? Yes, everybody in my own. And see, the table tennis, the one they play in Fiji, that's not it. In the table tennis I used to play, the bats they used to play, it was thick, thick bats. At times, one surface is different, the other surface is different. I knew a guy that had spin, we call it spin, on one surface, then the other surface is anti spin. The anti spin means that if the ball is coming in and the ball is spinning, or not the bats in the side, hold it reduces the ball. It removes the spin. Do you see? So all these people are you are playing with them. And then they will set the ball and the ball is coming, the ball is they are moving like and you to your hand is moving, right? Because you are afraid. Do you see? So something like this, you know that hey, you have to go and deal with this your panicking. 
I don't know, you can't succeed with this. That's the point. At times, what God has called you to do, not at times, all the time, it shows you your weaknesses. So that it shows you the work that must be done on you. So that you can now discharge the duties that God has called you to do. And that is the best pathway to regeneration. To be regenerated in the line of duty. When there's no duty and there's no sense of duty, we will not be regenerated. We'll be sitting there thinking that we should be changing, but we'll not be changing. We'll not be changing. Those who find purpose are the ones that are able to work with God in their regeneration. And I pray that in this season, God will help us. That we begin that path individually. We begin. I know people you may think that you can't find it, but you can find it. Because God wants you to find it. Hallelujah. Yeah, God wants you to find it. What you have to be doing. And there's so much to do. There's so much to be and so much to do for God. Not just to be. If you agree that you are a unique vessel, then you must agree that there's something unique that God has called you to bring on different levels of society. And I pray that you begin to think on this and it will occupy you and you begin to seek God concerning it so that you will see why regeneration becomes necessary. See, one of the marks that the devil leaves on a man is the mark of uselessness. Good for nothing. That's one of the marks that the enemy leaves on a man. So, if you feel that sense that there is not a greater purpose to your life, it is not because there is not a greater purpose to your life. It is because you have become the victim of sin. You have become the victim of evil and the deception that it produces. That's why you don't feel easily that there is a higher purpose to your life. Because that's the work of sin. That's the work of evil. To bring a person to the place where they are useless. They are purposeless. Hopeless. And that all that they think they can go for is what satisfies them in this world alone. But there is more to your life. There is more for you in God. So much more. So much more. So much more. Not some people. And today I'm looking for people who make up their mind and agree with God that they were made for so much more. People who are going to shut out the devil and the voice of the enemy, convincing them that no, 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 you are not. No, no, no. Block out that voice. You are made for so much more. 
You can't look at the weakness of your vessel currently because that vessel will be made by God. It will be formed by God. As the potter makes the pot with the clay, that vessel will be made. Beloved, you were made for more. You were made for a greater purpose. There is a calling upon your life. There is a mighty calling, an eternal calling. Your unique vessel was made for such. And God wants to help you. God is counting on what you will become. He wants to help you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you a sense of that which he has called you to be. He wants to give you a reason for consecration. He wants to give you a reason for consecration. A reason to fight the enemy. The enemy you've been letting into your life easily. He wants to give you a reason to fight that enemy. He wants to give you a reason to do those things he has been asking you to do which you agree you must do, but somehow you have not found the motivation to do. He wants to give you a reason for your life. A reason for your life. There's a reason why the Lord calls us to follow him. There's a reason why the Lord is calling you in particular to follow him. There is a calling upon your life. There is a unique expression of God that must come through you. It does not matter what has happened in the past. It does not matter how your life has been. It does not matter where you should have passed that you didn't pass or where you passed that you shouldn't have passed. The reality is that the one that allows men to be born has for you a purpose. It is the same purpose that he is trying to bring to pass that makes him put you in a situation where you can hear the word of God. So all this plenty word that is coming to you, it is so that you can be transformed, prepared, a vessel of honor fit for the master's shoes.
pray that the Lord will help you. That the Lord will help you to discover your why. The Lord will open you up to the discovery of your why. And if you know your why, to the discovery of more of the why, but there is so much more. That's the reason at times you settle because you have not identified more. But there's so much use. 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 What would you do if you could express God in the way that he wants you to express him? What is the extent of the good that could be done through you? The good influence you could bring in your world. A man of faith, a woman of faith. What could you be if God is unhindered and is fully expressed in you? It is this sense that the Lord must give us this sense of purpose. This sense. The sense of purpose. And I pray for everyone. That the grace of God will rest upon you in this wise. That the help of God will find you in this wise. That this awareness will come to you in the way that you will be able to perceive it. May you find a reason to go to God. May you find a reason for consecration. In the name of Jesus, may the Lord open your eyes to the greater purpose of your life. May the Lord give you an impression of the greater purpose of your life. May the Lord open you and turn you towards that for which you were made. May you see. May you catch glimpses. May you understand. May you realize. May you appreciate what your life is for. In the name of Jesus, may your mind be open to such discovery. May your mind be open to such discovery. May your mind be open to such discovery.
May your mind be open to such discovery. May your mind be open to such discovery. May your mind be open to such discovery. May the Lord begin to remind you. May he take you down memory lane. May he show you things, the signposts, the impressions that you have known, but you have ignored. May all come together. May it paint that picture in the name of Jesus. 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 You are for something more. You are for something more. You are for something more. Thank you. 